your dinner plates ready because it's time for the feed. Starting now in three, two, one. one. Hey, I'm Merrick, and welcome to The Feed. This week, we're talking about one thing that all Canadians can understand and share. That's right, we're talking about the GST. Nah, I'm actually messing with you. We're actually talking about the winter. Yes, that time of the year when the sun drops fast and the temperature drops even faster. But I mean, come on. This is The Feed. We aren't here to complain. We're here to give you relevant information. And that's exactly what we have coming up for you. But before we get into that, we need to thank our sponsor. This episode of The Feed is brought to you by The Dough Zone. Comment on NR92's Instagram post between November 30th and December 3rd for your chance to be featured on air. Visit NR92.com on Instagram for more. We're kicking it off where every winter usually starts. The first snowfall of the year, which is usually followed by icy roads, slow-moving traffic, and 180-degree slides into the oncoming traffic. Not really a big deal, right? Well, NR92's Jason had a chance to speak with an AMA representative and ask her a couple of questions when it comes to mixing cars and sub-zero temperatures. Driving. The action of having total control over a near 4,000-pound object barreling down the highway at sometimes 110 kilometers an hour. That, when mixed with snow, low visibility, ice, and of course, other drivers, can be a little daunting. Recently, I got the opportunity to speak to Michelle, an AMA member representative with over 10 years of experience. She explained to me that no matter how much experience you have, you still need to adapt to the conditions of the road. In Alberta, I think there is a lot of reckless driving and I know that AMA won't you know won't come out and say that so much so they do definitely um, put more emphasis on members um, having proper winter tires I know in a lot of our messaging like social media messaging it's always slow down make sure you've got the right tread for your tires um, and drive drive for the weather and a lot of people don't do that. She continued to say that you can have the biggest and most up-to-date model there is, but slippery conditions still need to be respected. The type of vehicle you're driving, whether it's like a big a, a big truck or, you know, myself, a Subaru that's all-wheel drive or like a sports car, if you hit black ice, you're going to hit black ice in there and it doesn't matter what size or what type of vehicle you have, you're going to slide and slip if you don't know the proper way to steer out of it. She then gave some beginner tips to those drivers who maybe don't have a lot of experience in dealing with winter vehicle maintenance. Making sure that you've got, you prepare your vehicle for winter. So making sure that you've got the right washer fluid, make sure you've got synthetic oil in there, winter tires, batteries all up to date and is still in good in good working order and probably the easiest thing you can do is just plug your car in a lot of people don't think that they need to plug in their car it recommends plugging in your car when it reaches uh, minus 15 or colder um, a lot of people won't even do it when it's minus 40 i know for myself taking you know call after call after call saying you know asking members hey did you plug in your battery no no, I didn't. And as nice as Michelle was to chat with, you don't want to have to call her. So she gave us some tips on what you can do so you don't need to dial for roadside assistance. Just keeping their vehicle maintained. Um, 
if you're you know if you're going in every six months or so like getting an oil change done they'll check all your fluids or if you're going you know once a year to sort of be do a checkup on on your vehicle um just keeping it well maintained making sure your tires have enough tread i'm jason for the feed on nr92 for many hearing the word winter may make you think about cars on ice for others it's the cold so you would think that the others would be heading indoors. But Canadians are built a little bit different. We embrace the weather. We embrace the challenge. This is why there's a big market for outdoor patios in Edmonton right now. Patrick is here to tell us a little more. Patios. An outdoor hangout made for meeting up with your friends, breathing in the fresh air while drinking an ice-cold beverage in the hot sun. Well, normally, Edmonton has been given what feels like eight months of winter a year. So here in the city, its patios have had to adapt. I spoke with Flint Palmer, the manager at the Rocky Mountain Iceway on Jasper Ave about how long patio season really lasts here in the city. And essentially he told me every season is patio season. As long as people want to be outside, and honestly, in the last couple of weeks, I've had people out there at 15 below. They've been showing up with snow pants and big jackets, and you know, again, we have heaters and blankets we provide. But I've been really surprised at the uh, tenacity of people really wanting to be outside. But winter in Edmonton can drop below minus 40 at times, which, as you know, isn't the most comfortable temperature to be hanging out in. So for the Rocky Mountain Ice House, their biggest challenge isn't getting business; it's the weather. Like everything these days, the patio industry has found ways to adapt and make their locations a year-round attraction. Sometimes gloves and a toque just aren't enough to keep you warm. For us, I think the biggest challenge is adapting it to get a lot more use out of it. Uh, hence, we're building pergolas, radiant heating from above, putting up wind blocks, just because this winter demands a patio that people will feel comfortable on, and uh, that's kind of what we have to do. But here's the part of the show where we talk about the elephant in the room. COVID-19. Yes, patios are technically outside, but these restaurants are still forced to implement strict protocols to keep both its staff and the general public safe. Palmer says they've been taking steps above and beyond the necessary precautions. Like everybody, we're just uh, doing what we have to do to be innovative and fresh and keep people safe and comfortable. And not just the patio, but we're going as so far as to put UV lighting into the ceiling in our HVAC systems in the bar just to provide that extra level of comfort and safety for our guests and our staff as well. So even if you're a snowbird and like to fly indoors for the winter, consider getting out this year and experiencing something new in the city. I'm Patrick for The Feed on NR92. And for those who went inside, let's be honest, nothing quite beats a tasty home-prepared meal that sticks to your ribs and makes you feel satisfied. Our very own Donovan had the pleasure of chatting with a world-renowned cook who revealed the best winter food. Leaving work in the winter in this city can be a harrowing journey. But there's nothing quite like getting home after a long day and having a delicious home-cooked meal. But what is the greatest food to make yourself to cure the winter blues? I asked the greatest culinarian I know, my mom. 
Marianne Ekstrom's experience cooking food is second to none. Auctions have sold a one-night dinner prepared by my mom for thousands of dollars. She's had the pleasure of making food for former Premier Ed Stelmack and has made it for international political figures. We actually had the uh, former chief economist for the Punjab National Bank. I knew if there was someone to reveal the best food to have to warm up the soul in this dark, never escaping void that we call winter, mom is the one to do it. So what is the best food to have? Baked beans with homemade uh, pumpernickel bread. Marianne was pleasant enough to reveal the steps for her recipe for her incredible baked beans, but the portions are for you to discover. Start off by pre-boiling the navy beans and start to throw the ingredients in. Combine some onions and molasses, and then apple cider vinegar, and your choice of ketchup or barbecue sauce, and let it simmer with a ham bone for seven hours at 250. Everyone has a secret technique though, so what's mom's? Uh, it's, it's to make sure you don't run out of water. You have to, you have to be very, very specific when you're cooking it, that you don't have too much water or not enough. So it's the way that you baby your baked beans. Mom knows best. When it comes to keeping warm in the winter, it's the other kind of natural gas produced by beans that'll do it. I'm Donovan Ekstrom for The Feed on NR92. After a hot meal, no matter who you are, going outside isn't very hard, and you may just want to play a game of Canada's most popular sport, hockey. While most would prefer the role of a player, there are a certain select few that would prefer the last line of defense, the goaltender. But in order to be a good goalie, you have to put in the hours of training. And that leaves the question, how does a pandemic winter change the training schedule? Amy is here to tell us about how goalie training has adapted in the new COVID landscape. Goalies. The only person on a hockey team crazy enough to willingly stand in front of a hard rubber disc while it flies at them at absurd speeds. Goalies put in hours of training to allow themselves to become faster and stronger in the crease. But how has the pandemic impacted their ability to train? Cody Osborne, the owner and goalie development director for Precision Goalie Institute in Edmonton, has had to make adjustments. He has outfitted a studio with synthetic ice and a puck machine to train goalies one-on-one. -on -one. Osborne says that, in a way, their company was already prepared. PGI has been offering ebooks for goaltending as well as an online course going back uh, to about 2018. So we've kind of been COVID ready to some degree and the synthetic ice surface along with the puck machine and, and some of the other uh, video analysis tools that we've invested in has meant that we've yeah, we've been able to adapt, but also offer new things. Online resources have changed how training may look for a lot of athletes. And since most of them are available online, Cody's teachings have had a far greater reach. We see huge influxes um, in different markets, Minnesota, Vancouver, Toronto, Calgary, you name it, when restrictions tighten so they can tighten and they can loosen. So yeah, online, people looking at all things, vision training, mental training, anything to be done from home, it's huge and it, and it generally spikes uh, sort of as restrictions tighten and loosen. Cody says that since most goaltenders clear their heads when they play, the COVID stress hasn't impacted their performance, but rather 
that playing hockey can actually help. Being on the ice, either in training or competition, that's probably the best place for them to be where, where again, that eudaimonium, that flow uh, kicks in and, and everything pandemic-wise uh, kind of just gets parked. Goalies all across Canada are still catching and blocking pucks, even during a pandemic. Training in a safe way in order to become the best last line of defense they can be. I'm Amy for The Feed on NR92. But maybe you're not into the whole skating thing like me. Well, there are other fun activities for you to try like Glow Edmonton, which may not be happening anymore, but Ryan is here to tell us what they would like to do. Now with Christmas coming pretty soon, the holidays are not looking normal because of the pandemic. People are still going to do fun family activities to not think of COVID. It makes you realize how much COVID can take a toll on you and your family. Shannon Van Norman, the president at Shadow Vista Production, who was an event manager at Glow Gardens for over two years, but never gave up getting this event back on track. So much safety regulations around COVID, as well as um, really good plans if somebody develops COVID like one of our uh, team members or a uh, customer, we can fog this entire venue space in a couple hours, you know? So we've got really good plans in place. It took a lot of hours and people to put up Glow Edmonton as Shannon believed in her team and knew how to manage it, especially when it comes to the lights on display. It takes a team of about 40 people a day um, and we go for anywhere from 12 to 16 hours a day, depending on how how the setup is going. Um, we have actually seven semi-truck trailers full. Shannon finds a way with all protocols to have Santa come visit the kids at Glow Edmonton and make it an enjoyable experience. And the plexiglass we have is special. You cannot even see it in a, in a picture. And Santa will do, the child will be in the front of the pe- plexiglass, Santa's in the behind the plexiglass, and he'll do a special pose. As this Christmas season will be a special one. I'm Ryan for The Feed on NR92. Admittedly though, winter can be a bit of a black hole, especially with all that's going on. I mean, waking up in the pitch black, and then coming home when it's dark, it can be really annoying. And it's easy to lose sight of what it means to be a good person. But Nate is here to remind you that it's good to make an effort to be kind. We have Donovan here to tell us a little bit more about what Nate had to say. Winter hits. The wind blows. That jackass cuts you off on the hen day. You're tired. When people think of winter, they think of Christmas. They don't really think of the fun that brings you there. Like Ghostbusters 2, rage almost builds in relation to the people around you in a city. When you stick your head out to yell at someone, they respond back just as aggressively, if not more. Linda Shaw, student well-being coordinator for Nate, is aware of this reality. Sometimes the kindness or the niceties that we would normally have for each other, they're, they're kind of falling by the wayside a little bit. However, 
Nate is doing its best to remind us why winter is the jolliest time of the year with its Kindness is Contagious campaign. From here until the end of 2020, Nate is wanting to remind students of the importance of mental health and getting them to use their mental health facilities. Jolly old St. Nick wasn't necessarily the jolliest man during the winter months. Just look at the Grinch. It's easy to be mean, but it's really tough to be nice. Here's Linda Shaw to remind us. It's a reminder to make that special effort to remember that just a little bit of kindness can go a long way. So this holiday season, when you're at Nate as the semester comes to a close, take that extra step on bringing positivity to the people around you. And if you're still feeling miserable and struggling, know that Nate is there for you. I know that you'll feel good and so will the people all around you. I'm Donovan Ekstrom for The Feed on NR92. Thanks, Donovan. I think that's something that a lot of people needed to hear. Well, if you're not full, come back on December 11th for another episode. But before we go, we got one last thing to say. This episode of The Feed is brought to you by The Doe Zone. Comment on NR92's Instagram post between November 30th and December 3rd for your chance to be featured on air. Visit NR92.com on Instagram for more. A big cheers to them for sponsoring, and a huge cheers to producer Connor. You know what you did, and the feed, and me, thank you. How exactly does one do the feed? This is how we do it. Welcome back to the feed, food edition. For our first half, we looked at businesses both big and small, restaurant and brewery. But what if you want to stay at home, grab groceries once a week, and make some food? Maybe try the timeless profession of baking food. There's nothing better than the sweet, vivid smell of baked bread from the oven filling your nostrils with glee in the morning. And Connor is going to tell you why baking is so appealing in today's day and age. Ah, that's a smell you know. One that's near and dear to your heart. Fresh cookies, homemade bread, whatever Frankenstein of ingredients you've mashed together in the oven. The world of baking is one that, one way or another, has made a noticeable impact on people's lives. Now, the exact reason behind that often varies from person to person, but I wanted to focus on people who love the feeling so much that they decide to take it up for themselves. I spoke with Chris Woolard, my father and an avid baker, who attributed his love of baking to a massive sense of nostalgia. The appeal was uh, growing up, watching Graham do baking and enjoying the smells and enjoying how it tasted um, and (laughs) wanting to make that myself. Much like most hobbies, baking these days has distanced itself from the original profession it was and has slotted itself firmly in hobby status more than anything. Baking a batch of cookies is a way of passing the time that most people have dabbled in at least once in their lifetime. For some, however, it's something they delve into even further, especially with the recent pandemic keeping everyone indoors into their own devices. Meaning that if Chris wasn't doing a fair bit of baking before, he definitely is now. Because you're spending a lot more time at home, uh, you're looking to fill your days a little bit more, and you're looking for something that's comfortable and a normal routine, and so that fits the bill for all those things because it's something you can do to keep yourself occupied and use your time in a productive way. 
plus it's also something that uh, you can do during the pandemic or not during the pandemic. So if this winter season's got you down in the dumps and twiddling your thumbs looking for something to do, why not try a spot of baking? You might be better at it than you think. This has been Connor for The Feed here on NR92. Now, maybe you don't want to have sweet, sugary confectionery around. Maybe the last thing you need is a tray of cookies, which is totally fair. Someone who has promised to try to eat a bit healthier, less sugar, more greens, I've failed quite a bit. But there's the diet everyone hears in the distance. Keto. If you've been interested in the diet and want to learn a bit more about it, Merrick is going to tell you what it's all about. Diets. They come and go faster than a merry-go-round. And one that's in the spotlight right now is the keto diet. The diet has been around since the early 500s, but was saw more common use in the 1920s to treat epilepsy. Hop and skip a generation, and a pill was created to help treat the same cases, causing keto to slowly fall away. However, before falling completely, keto was discovered to help burn away fat. That caused it to come back, and now we're here talking about it. But there were still more questions about the diet. I had them answered by Gary Boyd, a person who has gone through the keto diet. He first explained how the diet can be achieved in two different ways. One is to fast uh, long term which forces your body into ketosis and it uses body fat as fuel. The other is the intermittent fasting, where you fast for a certain period of time each day and then eat a small amount of food so that your body gets the things that it needs. Yet at the same time in the fasting process, you slip into ketosis. Gary then went on to explain that the diet's not for everyone or for every work environment. You need about two tablespoons of sugar to run the whole thing all day. Most of us eat far more than that. So our bodies are constantly processing sugars. And when that happens, then it's not possible to be in ketosis because the presence of insulin prevents ketones from doing what they need to do in a low insulin environment. Boyd also had one final piece of advice for anyone seriously thinking about doing the ketosis diet. The best thing to do is uh, look up some of the medical doctors that uh, are actually promoting this method and have YouTube channels that can back you up with solid information from real medical doctors. I'm Merrick for The Feed on NR92. Sometimes you don't want to diet. You don't want to bake. You want the food as quick as possible. And nothing is faster than fast food. Let me be clear here, this restaurant we're going to talk about, it's every kid's favorite. And it's where stoners go for their junior chicken fix. That's right, I'm talking about McDonald's. But what do you order? Do you order a junior chicken with 10 times the mayonnaise? Do you order a Big Mac with nothing but the sauce and the bread in the middle? Recently, Jason tracked down any McDonald's employee that would break their silence on the strange and bizarre going-ons at Ronnie's Burger Shack. Hello, welcome to McDonald's. May I take your order, please? Two weeks ago, I tasked myself with finding out the most outrageous things people have ordered from the birthplace of the Big Mac, McDonald's. It turned out to be harder than I thought. Uncle Ronnie, or as you know him, Mr. McDonald, has an ironclad grip on his employees. I don't think we are 
allowed to do that here. All I can do is direct you to McDonald's.ca. Uh, for a share location, I don't believe that's possible. You can try other locations. And some just weren't in the mood to chat. Yeah, not a good time. After making a McFlurry of calls to over 20 McDonald's restaurants, I finally found someone who was willing to talk and share his secrets on the weird cravings some of his customers have. One time somebody ordered like a, just like a cheeseburger, plain, no bun and no meat. So pretty much it was just a slice of cheese. I was then able to chat with a different McDonald's employee who shared one of the strangest orders she had ever gotten. Uh, the other day somebody ordered a McFlurry with pickles. I then scaled the golden arch gates and got this unnamed employee to tell me about some overindulged customers who often mistake the bright yellow lights for other eateries and want something more than just a happy meal. Usually at night, um, usually the weekend when people are drunk and on a cab, they always come and order either pizza or timbits or something that we don't have, like Tim Hortons. Everybody talks about that, that sometimes they're drunk, they don't know where they're going. So you have to tell them multiple times that this is McDonald's. While I'm still convinced of secret menus existing and people ordering Frankensteinian creations, they will never tell me an outsider. I'm Jason for The Feed on NR92. And that was the most delectable feed. I hope you have a full stomach and an even fuller brain from what you learned today. Thank you so much for listening. Special thanks to Amy Drysdale for producing and all of our contributors this episode. For The Feed, I'm Donovan Ekstrom. Stay safe, have fun, and take care. Thanks for listening to The Feed. Listen again on NR92 Sunday night at 7.30 or anytime on NR92's SoundCloud.